Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. Today, we're going to talk about how much activity will contribute to your overall energy expenditure or your metabolism before you start to hit a plateau. I am often talking about how burning more calories from activity doesn't necessarily increase your overall deficit because of something called the constrained total energy expenditure model, which I'll explain here in a moment. But I wanted to talk about how much activity you need to reach that plateau because I do think it's a good goal to get to that plateau in general when you can because it indicates just an overall active lifestyle. I often talk about how I don't recommend to focus on burning calories in your workouts, but I also think it's important to stay overall active. I'm not saying that you should just be stationary and that calories don't matter at all because they do and being active does matter. I don't recommend just like doing your Evlo workout and then sitting and being stationary for the rest of the day. So in this podcast, I'll explain how we burn calories. I'll go over that activity plateau. So how much activity you do before your body tends to plateau. I'll give some examples of activities for me personally in which I've hit that plateau. And I'll give some examples um, that we pulled from Peyton as well. We'll go over why I don't recommend trying to burn all of your calories for the day in one consolidated session. Then we'll discuss what happens if you go above that plateau, that activity plateau, and when it can start to become problematic. So hopefully this podcast answers a lot of your questions today. So let's begin by talking about how we burn calories. And this is interesting because it's changed due to recent literature and recent scientific findings. So if you're a Fit Body Happy Joints listener, you know this stuff like the back of your hand because they talk about it all the time. But if you're new, I'll kind of briefly discuss this phenomenon. So first, let's go over some terms. RMR is something I'll reference a lot in this episode. It's resting metabolic rate. This is how many calories your body burns just to keep you alive. So I like to think about if you were in a coma and you weren't moving at all, this is the amount of calories you would burn just to keep yourself alive. That's RMR, resting metabolic rate. Then you have activity energy expenditure, which I'll reference today as well, AEE, which is the amount that you burn both during exercise, but also with activities that aren't considered exercise but still require energy. And it really adds up. So like fidgeting, talking, cleaning, driving, showering, walking around, all of those are your non-exercise activities that are burning calories throughout your day. So while your RMR, your resting metabolic rate, can't really be manipulated unless you increase your body size, your AEE or your activity energy expenditure can be manipulated and can change day by day. So your total daily, so that's your RMR and your AEE, And then you have your total daily energy expenditure, which is basically those two numbers added together. So this is the amount of calories you burn in totality in one given day. So this includes your RMR. This includes all the other activities that you do during the day. It also includes some other random things like thermic effective food, which is the amount of energy that's required to break down the food you eat, which for the purpose of today's podcast, we're not really going to discuss that much. We're mainly going to discuss RMR and AEE. So- We used to think that your total daily energy expenditure, the amount of calories that you're burning throughout the day, was additive. You could indefinitely increase your daily expenditure or how many calories you're burning overall. In other words, we thought energy expenditure could be continually additive, indefinitely. So if your RMR was, let's say your resting metabolic rate was 1,500 calories a day, 
and you did a 1,000 calorie torching workout and then you burned 500 additional calories throughout the rest of the day just walking around doing chores, whatever. So if we added all of those numbers together, your total daily energy expenditure would be 3,000, right? Because you've got your RMR, just how many calories your body burns at rest. You've got the workout that you did. Let's say you did a really long workout, burned 1,000 calories, and then you burned 500 calories for the rest of the day. So that's 3,000. But large recent studies have shown that this is actually not how your body works. Once you reach a certain level of activity, your overall calorie expenditure plateaus. So the theory is that your body takes energy from other processes like digestion, like mental processing, inflammation, all these other things to keep you from expending too much energy overall. Scientists think this might be an evolutionary mechanism to conserve your energy so that you have energy left for emergency situations. So while we think we may be doing ourselves a favor by trying to burn as much as possible, adding endless activity actually isn't increasing your overall deficit because you will hit a plateau. But at what point will your body hit that plateau in which adding more activity isn't actually increasing your overall deficit? So this is where why everyone came to this podcast, right? So according to a study that I'll link in the show notes, it's around 800 calories, give or take, per day. So that's 800 active calories throughout your whole day. That's not just exercise. So that includes exercise, walking around, cleaning, showering, fidgeting, driving, talking. That's all of your active calories that aren't included in your resting metabolic rate. And while that may seem like a big number and may feel overwhelming for some of you, it's actually very achievable if you have an overall active lifestyle. You could likely hit that number by doing a 35-minute Evlo workout, taking a walk for 20 to 30 minutes, and then the addition of like your household chores and just your walking around throughout the day. So I'll discuss some examples of myself, and then I also asked Peyton for some of hers as well, um, and we tracked via our aura rings. Now, keep in mind that these numbers are far from accurate, and I don't want you to obsess about this 800 number. I don't want you to obsess about numbers at all because fitness trackers are notorious for being inaccurate, but really it's all we have to go on right now. So this just to illustrate that you just don't need as much activity as you think. So my resting metabolic rate is about 1,300 calories per day. And I'll put a resting metabolic rate calculator in the show notes if you're curious about yours. It just asks for some things like age, um, height, weight, things like that. So my RMR is 1,300. On Sunday, I didn't work out, but I did a 20-minute walk with my husband. I went to the grocery store. I cooked and cleaned. I was moving around pretty much all day. So my overall step count was just over like 10,000 steps. And according to my aura ring, I burned just about 2,000 calories for the entire day. So even without a workout, my AEE, my activity energy expenditure was about 700. So I I almost hit that plateau without even adding a workout just from being active overall. So I found that AEE number by taking my overall calorie burn from that I got from my aura ring and I subtracted my RMR. So right, I took the 2000 calories from my aura ring and I subtracted the 1300 to get the 700 AEE. What you don't want to look at if you're doing this process is you don't want to look at active calories that some fitness trackers will give you because my active calories were like 400. So around 300 calories throughout my day were non-exercise or non-activity activities. So fidgeting, moving around, movements that aren't necessarily considered activity but do contribute to your overall energy expenditure. 
So if you're doing this process, your AEE is not going to be the active calorie number that some fitness trackers will give you. It's going to be your overall calories and then subtract your RMR. So that was one data point that I had and that I wanted to take kind of a workout day or a kind of low activity day and then a higher activity day and kind of see the difference. So I took another data point from yesterday where I had a more active day than usual. So in the morning, I walked 15 minutes with my husband, and then I taught lower body build, which lower body build always gets my heart rate up. And then I taught low impact cardio burst. And then at night, I went on a 20-minute walk um, with my husband again. So on this day, I got around 14,000 steps, and my aura ring said that I burned around 2,200 calories. So my activity energy expenditure, my AEE was around 900. So I surpassed that plateau, you know, give or take, because I burned more than 800 calories overall. So this is interesting because this day I could definitely tell that I was on that upper limit of calorie expenditure for myself. One of the signs that you've reached that plateau for yourself is that your body will feel really tired by the end of the day. I can kind of be like a squirmy person and move around a lot and fidget around a lot. And when I do get a good amount of activity, I notice that by the end of the day, I lay on the couch and I basically don't move. (laughs) So this is interesting because it's your body's unconscious way of downregulating those little movements, those non-exercise activity movements to keep you within that narrow window of energy expenditure. So that can be a way for you to kind of measure if you're getting enough activity or if you're reaching that energy plateau without physically tracking with a fitness tracker, without tracking your numbers. Do you feel relaxed by the end of the day? Is it easy for you to sit and relax your body by the end of the day? That likely means that you did sufficient amount of activity. Now, of course, you can overdo the activity, which I'll talk about here in a moment, but I think that that's a great kind of way for you to just tune into your own body instead of using numbers. So those are my data points. And then I wanted a few data points from another person, so I asked Peyton to look at her aura ring. So her RMR is uh, 1,400. On Thursday of last week, she burned about 2,200-ish calories throughout the whole day. And her activity was she walked for 30 minutes, and then she taught Build Plus for 35 minutes. So her AEE for that day was around 800. And then we wanted another data point, so we took another day of hers, Monday, last Monday. She burned around 2,200 calories. Again, same, same amount of calories, which is interesting. Walked for a little less time, so 20 minutes, taught a 35-minute build class. And so again, she's getting to that around that 800 mark. So she's probably hitting that plateau um, just by walking and teaching build and just being overall an active person. So again, it just goes to show you that you truly do not need a ton of activity to hit that plateau. And hopefully this isn't like an obsessive thing for you. This is a relief for you to know that that number is pretty dang achievable and that we don't have to do endless activity um, to reach that plateau. Okay, so I talked about steps a couple times and I wanna talk about this a little bit. Where do steps come into this equation? Should you focus on step count? And I've kind of changed my tune about this. I've done a podcast before about how you don't need to get 10,000 steps per day um, because you know I've read scientific papers that say around 7,000 steps can, be, can still be immensely beneficial, right? Something is better than nothing, absolutely. And that 10,000 number per day is actually an arbitrary number. It was it came from a Japanese marketing campaign. So um, they were marketing pedometers and 
So that 10,000 number just comes from that marketing campaign. So it doesn't technically come from science, which I think is really interesting. But the more I've kind of studied energy expenditure, the more I've looked at my own data, the more I do think that getting around that 10,000 steps per day can actually really help contribute to reaching that energy plateau. It doesn't need to be 10,000 steps all at once. It can be you know, a walk in the morning, and then maybe you're just reaching that 10,000 steps throughout the day. You know, you're getting up from your desk more often, you're walking around your house, you're running errands. It can be the aggregate throughout the day. It doesn't have to all be in one session. So I don't think you need to obsess about that 10,000 number, but I do think it's a good goal for you to kind of shoot for each day. And it's actually not as hard as you think if you're getting up frequently throughout your day. Now, if you're an Evlo member, you know that we recommend two recovery days each week. So where do recovery days come into the equation when we're thinking about total daily energy expenditure? Because we've gotten questions about this. They're like, I'm not working out on this day. So what do I need to do to keep my energy expenditure high? Again, just be an overall active person when you can. I gave you the numbers from one of my recovery days from Sunday. I was just running errands and walking around and I pretty much almost reached that plateau. If you have a day every once in a while where you're like a sloth on the couch and you don't do much, that is totally okay. It's not going to derail your progress. Happens to me all the time. It doesn't mean that you need to obsess about eating less on those days either. Just eat normally. What we're really looking for and what I want you to think about this is just overall trends and averages and lifestyle changes. We don't have to get so bogged down in the day-by-day details. We do recommend some light activity on your recovery days. So we want you walking um, or if there's any other light activity that you enjoy, biking, playing pickleball, playing tennis, getting outside with the kids, whatever it is, we want you staying active on those recovery days. We like to think about just light, enjoyable activity. But we like to recommend that you give your muscles recovery time. So trying to avoid activities that are really going to work and stress your muscles like any kind of strength training. A common question we get is, what about Pilates? Can I do Pilates or bar on my recovery days? I don't consider Pilates or bar good recovery day activities, again, because the goal of those recovery days is to give your muscles time to recover and get stronger and rebuild. So if they're getting worked and stressed because you're taking a Pilates or a bar class or whatever it might be, this is going to potentially delay your recovery and kind of defeat the process of a recovery day. So I do recommend just keeping your activity light on those recovery days. What about the idea of consolidating all of your energy activity into one singular session? So could you just try to burn 800 calories, knock it all out at once, and then just go be stationary and lay on the couch for the rest of the day? Technically, yes, you could do this. But do I recommend it or do I think it's the best for your physical results, especially in the long term? No. And here's why. Workouts that are grueling and require so much energy all at once are likely going to cause a lot of stress in a short period of time, stressing and straining your body in a way that gets hard for you to recover from, especially as time goes on. It may be causing a lot of damage in your body that's not actually contributing to improving your overall body composition. Because when we think about body composition, gaining muscle and potentially losing fat, if if that's your goal, exercises role in that equation is building muscle. And you want your overall lifestyle to help keep your activity energy expenditure higher. And then if fat loss is your goal, we want to focus on nutrition and how you're eating. So exercise is the muscle building piece, and then mainly nutrition is the fat loss piece. So the most important part of your workout is building muscle. 
which takes really specific stimulus, and it doesn't necessarily burn a million calories, right? A strength training workout doesn't necessarily burn as many calories as a hard HIIT workout or a hard uh, cardio workout. But if you're so focused on burning calories, you might be choosing exercises and workouts that increase heart rate, which aren't always the ones that are loading muscles sufficiently for muscle growth. So no, I don't recommend trying to use one workout to burn as many calories as possible and then just go sit on the couch for the rest of the day. I really do think it's a much smarter and more sustainable approach to use your workout to build muscle and then just integrate more activity throughout your day really as a lifestyle. So above 800-ish calories likely isn't increasing your energy expenditure overall, but is it bad if you are frequently going over that 800-ish calories? Is that harmful? I would say no as long as you're recovering, and everyone will tolerate different amounts of activity. I say this 800 number, again, I don't think we need to be so married to that. It's going to be give or take for each person. Some people will tolerate more activity than that and still be able to recover. Some people will tolerate less and can't do that much activity without um, impeding in their recovery. I'm someone who doesn't tolerate a ton of activity without feeling the negative side effects. I can tell my recovery suffers when I do too much. I get super sore. My sleep suffers. I get moody. I have a hard time putting in quality effort in my workouts. So if I do too much, I actually don't see great results because I'm not getting high quality work because my body isn't recovering. Others, other people can tolerate a ton of activity and feel great and may even prefer it. And if that's you, carry on. I'm not trying to discourage you from being more active. It's just about being honest with yourself about why you're doing it. If you're doing it to lose weight faster, that's likely not helping you because again, you're going to reach that plateau. Or if you're doing it in spite of your body giving you signs and signals that you're overdoing it, that's not helping you either. So you might be saying to yourself, maybe I'm overdoing the activity. How will I know? Here's how to know that you're overdoing the activity. Number one, you'll feel depleted either right after your workout or in the following hours or even in the following days. Number two, if you're constantly sore, tight, achy, that's your body signaling to you that you're not recovering. Number three, if you have trouble sleeping, lack of or too much activity can actually impede sleep. Number four, you notice crankiness and mood issues. That's a big one. At least it was for me. You might notice digestive issues and you might notice brain fog. So those are some signals that you might be overdoing the activity. Obviously, there's other factors that contribute to these symptoms, but your body seems to have this bank of energy that it can withdraw from and allocate to different processes. So if you're using so much energy on exercise, that overexercise can shuttle too much energy towards activity and can take away needed energy to keep your body functioning at a high level, which is why overexercise will cause other parts of your body like mental health, muscle recovery, digestion, to suffer or even shut down. So let's go through some overall takeaways from this episode. I know that was a lot. I kind of want to summarize here. So how we burn calories is constrained, not additive. So adding activity will increase your total daily energy expenditure to a certain level. Then it plateaus after a certain amount of activity, which looks to be around about 800 total active calories for the day. This includes exercise. This includes non-exercise activity thermogenesis like fidgeting, moving around, talking, cleaning, etc. That number seems like it's high, but it's really not as hard to meet if you're getting around 10,000 steps per day and then maybe you're doing a short strength workout. 
You don't need to focus on how many calories you're burning in a workout because it's really not going to make a huge difference in your overall energy expenditure. You just want to think about having an overall active lifestyle. Again, the purpose of this episode is not to encourage everyone to incessantly track, but if you're staying overall active, you're avoiding long periods of sitting. If you have, if you have a desk job, maybe getting up and walking a few minutes each hour, getting up and doing 10 jumping jacks, that's truly all you need. I hope this episode was helpful and clarifying and hopefully a relief for you. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.